Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. To the people that have done this, that your time is running out. You will be found and you will be dragged before court. The small businesses we know in every sector that are being hit here. Do we want all those local little cafes gone? Our differences should be celebrated. It's something to embrace. Different backgrounds, different races. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Good morning to you. How was the weekend? Were you plagued last evening? by trick-or-treaters or are you one of these people who absolutely love them I often make my my feelings very well known about Halloween I have no time at all for Halloween as an occasion or as a phenomenon or anything at all like that Um, and I went in last evening and put the telly on and turned all the lights out and took the batteries out of the doorbell but as it turned out nobody came because it was too wet and too windy and too much old bad weather out there uh, the jazz was great you got out I hope I certainly did a couple of nights with great time particularly on Saturday night went down to Barry's and Douglas had some fun there but how the traffic over the weekend was just awful it was just catastrophic travel, traffic um, and there's a piece in the Echo today are we getting crankier and crankier because of the traffic. Are people arriving at their place of work already in a tiz over the state of the traffic? Coming in this morning, I was a few minutes earlier than I'd normally be, and the fact that the schools are off this week made it a lot easier to get in. Remember last week I was getting in and I was saying to myself, God, this is way, way too busy. Way, way too busy for quarter past seven in the morning. There's a few different articles about it. People saying, oh, it took me an hour and 20 minutes to get from Douglas to Middleton. This is according to this article written by Katrina Devereaux in The Echo. Uh, it took me an hour and 20 minutes to get from Douglas to Middleton. 5pm uh, bus to passage arrived at 10 to 7. Waiting two hours for the bus, then it was full. Glasheen to Glenmire taking me an hour. Someone else said, and you know they're not wrong, you could fly to London in the time it takes people to, to go 10 kilometres 
across the city and it's getting worse and getting worse and the article is going really well going going great like I mean it's a good article and a nice read until she says at the very end of it she starts talking about I know I'm a broken record about cycling but bikes are so perfect to help the traffic problem it'll be really great to see people leave their cars at home and I thought you ruined an article on traffic on traffic jams and people sitting fuming in their cars you ruined it with this four cars four or four wheels bad two wheels good thing you can't put a load of plumbers tools or plasterers gear or children you can't put them on the back of a bike you just can't like I'm not, and I'm certainly not getting up on a bike in the, in the lashings of rain at half six in the morning to come into town. This, can we can we can we get over the the please get up on your bike thing? It'll be lovely for a lot of people, but it's just not practical for a whole pile of people that are around here every morning of the week trying to get to work, trying to get to school. Cycling is lovely, and and all that. And I, and I did it myself for years. It's it's lovely. So it's just not necessarily practical. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Sorry, rant, rant over. Uh, I it was very sad news at the weekend. Um, I was only just finished here Thursday, and it was very sad to read uh, of the passing of Lindsay Bennett. And I remember seeing her outside the court on the day of her settlement. And it was probably one of the saddest things I'd ever seen because here was a young woman. God, she was only at the time, what, 33 years old? And here she was, and she was destined to die. Um, and to stand so bravely outside the the court, knowing that this was her sentence as it were um, and knowing that she'd very soon be leaving her two little daughters Zoe and Haley, behind her she herself was only 34 so she was 20, 20 or 21 when she had Zoe and she was only in her mid 20s when she had had Haley, and, and then of course she got caught up in the whole cervical cancer thing and she died last week and she was just such a gorgeous, smiling, bright woman. And the couple of interviews that she gave, she was just so enlightening and so immensely likable. Stephen Teep actually tweeted about her. Obviously, look, Stephen has gotten to know so many of these women so well. And he reminded us in a tweet that she was only around the same age or slightly younger than his beloved Irene was when she passed away. And again, didn't need to to pass away so I was just thinking a lot about Lindsay Bennett and her picture was all over the papers and her funeral got huge coverage yesterday and, and all of that just so sad but here's just a memory of her when she spoke outside the court this would have been back in 2021 she settled a case against the HSE over the the cock up with her tests the, the cock up that, that left her with a death sentence hanging over her. It was so so tragic to, to, to remember her outside the court. 
I stand here today extremely grateful to everyone who has supported me and the girls since my first diagnosis in 2017. My family, friends, strangers and of course my legal team. I send my love to all the women and their families who have fought and continue to fight our heartbreaking illness. I can now focus on my own fight to stay alive as long as I can. To my daughters Zoe and Haley, I hope I have done enough to secure you both a future free from financial worries and that even with me not here to guide you, that you can both pursue your dreams and remember it, Mammy loves you. Um, there is a sense of relief that, you know, I have security for the girls now and for their futures because being a single parent and just trying to make sure they have the best in life and to know that, unfortunately, I probably will not be here much longer. It's just it. I'll be able to have some peace knowing that that is sorted. Thank you. She was lovely. She was just there was. I never met her, um, and I I don't believe I interviewed her. And I didn't know. I never met, but, I, but she just seemed so lovely. Uh, you know, you know, you know the way you look at somebody, or you hear them talk, and it could be a man or a woman, but you think they just sound so lovely, so nice, and she did. And it was very sad to read her read of her her passing, which was inevitable. I, we knew that at the time, but hopefully, her 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 two little girls have got the support that they need. Hopefully, they have plenty of loved ones around them. Zoe is fourteen, Haley is nine. Left without their mom. Uh, I think again of Stephen Teeps' two little lads. Uh, you know, those little girls, those two girls, will will campaign. I think forever. For justice and for that, you know what happened to their mom never happens to anybody else. As will, as, as will Stephen's little boys. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I'd be talking actually about parenting in in a minute. An unusual parenting story that I think you'll enjoy. Um, that's coming up, and also, I, look, I mentioned at the very top about trick or treating, and I will be asking these two lads. Are you not old enough to know better? The, the oldest trick-or-treaters in Cork, they've been doing it for 40 years. One of them at least is in his 60s. And they have been doing trick-or-treat since, well, one of them since they were very young. And others just started doing it as a hobby a few years ago. We'll chat about that in a little while. The weather is a bit more serene than it was yesterday, um, which which is great. But the end of the weekend was just a total and utter washout. 0818 96 96 96. Also later on this morning, we see that spiking is up by about 50%. And I'm not at all surprised by that. Um, because once the clubs were open and the pubs were open and people got out again, yeah, definitely, spiking was, was, was going to come up. Another sad story at the weekend, and I was only there now. It's only a while ago since I was there. I was there on St. Patrick's Day. Um, the La Bella Roma in uh, Yall and I remember chatting for the first time I'd never met him before but he'd done the programme many times Luigi Camilleri very involved in the business sector down there in Yall and I met him back in Patrick's Day in La Bella Roma we had a beautiful bit of lunch and, and a drink and all that that's closing another victim of this awful 
uh, economic crash of ours. Anything I'm missing that happened at the weekend that you think I should know about? Anything that uh, you would like to bring up as a conversation on the show? Because, you know, we can't know everything. So let us know. And with there having been a long weekend, and by the way, thanks to Fiona for Friday, with there having been a long weekend, there were things we might have missed. So it's up to you. You're our production team. 0818 96 96 96. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. It might be seven or eight months away, but I want you to win the first free tickets to Live the Marquee 2023 on the show this week. Thanks so much. That's Plus, all the big names to make sure your afternoon flies by. Hey, it's me, Justin Bieber. Hi, this is Billie Eilish. What's happening, everybody? It's Tom Guernan. The best tunes, giveaways, and all the crack in the afternoon on your radio with me here. Simon, you're late. I'm, I'm actually shocked. My hair's going Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. on Corks 96 FM. I began to read a little while back about women who wanted to have a baby by going solo. Do it yourself, as it were. You don't need a man in your life. Um, and you can, there are many, many technologies and many, many clinics that you can go and you can have a baby with, without having, having a man in your life. And uh, Tracy, Tracy Shine, is one such woman who has been uh, trying to do that now. Tracy, for, for a year or two now at this stage, is it? Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, no, I started two years ago. Um, it was November. Two years ago, I just, I've been thinking about it on oh, my 20s, really. Yeah. Um, but I decided I'd give it the go two years ago. Um, so I started treatment then, and so far it's been unsuccessful. So I've done um, three rounds of IUI. Um, then I done a round of IVF. Um, I had a cancel cycle um, halfway through. So then I done another round of IVF. That one worked, and I had two tra- uh, transfer from there. Then, um, and then I had a cancel cycle again after that, and then a frozen transfer. And all of them were unsuccessful, so I started IVF again there in the summer, and I had to freeze all my embryos then as a as a precaution from the clinic. So I'm starting a frozen transfer now again um, this week. It sounds like it's been a a long and arduous um, and expensive process so far. Yeah, and um, for the first year and a half, I told nobody, only my boss and my best friend. Um, so it was hard trying to keep it all a secret. Um, my reason for it was I wanted nobody to be in the sad part for me. I just wanted you know, to tell my family the happy part and whatever. So I kept it a secret from everyone for a long time, which was really hard. Yeah. Um, so I made an Instagram page then to talk to people that were on the same kind of journey as me, but I just kept it anonymous. Um, and I found loads of help on that. My solo journey to mom was one of the girls that I talked to the most and she was able to help me with lots of questions I had. Um, I know she's been on your show as well before. So I, she was a bit good part of my life, um, you know, because obviously I didn't know what was going on and I didn't really have anyone to talk to because I was keeping a secret. Yeah. Um, so it was great to have the page then to talk to people on the same journey. Yeah. I'm very careful how I ask this, Tracy. Why, why go solo? Oh, <laughs> I've never been any good in relationships. Um, and I suppose 
in my mind, time was running out to have a baby. I could find a fella whenever I wanted, but if I wanted to have the baby, I got to start moving now, yeah. get the ball rolling. <laughs> the joys of being a woman with the old biological clock. <laughs> the, the, the baby was more of a priority than finding the right partner. It was, yeah. Um, but I did meet someone then. I am the last, I'm with someone about a year. Okay. A year and a bit, I'd say, yeah. And um, he, uh, he's very good. He's totally on board with my journey and stuff. And, you know, he said he'd never stand in the way of my dream, whatever, to keep going. So he's very supportive as well. I see, I see. Yeah, so it's a bit of a random one. <laughs> it's interesting to say the very least. Now, the, the process is involved. Where do you choose the donors from, as it were, the sperm donors? Um, the clinic I wish they give you two websites. One is Cryos International, and then the other one is European Sperm Donation, I think it's called. And you just go on there, and I used to call it like Baby Tinder, you just go through, <laughs> go through the profiles. They all have baby pictures, or some of them do. Uh-huh. Most of them don't, and they just give you like you know, um, bits about themselves, their kinds of the hobbies and stuff, their genetic family history of like them, their brothers and sisters, their moms and dads, and their grandparents. So you can read through all the different profiles then, and obviously pick someone that you're into or who matches your criteria. And then you go back to the clinic and you ask for them. Um, but I found that the hardest part, I think, because everyone that I liked, as soon as I said to the clinic, oh, I'll have John, we say, they, uh, they were like, oh, sorry, he's not available. So in Ireland, you, a donor can only be used by three families. Okay. So once they, once they hit the three families, then they're no longer available to anyone in Ireland. The donors are all in Ireland, are they, Tracy? No, no, most of them are Danish. Okay. Um, but there's different nationalities. There's hardly any Irish people on it. And because obviously in Ireland our gene pool is so tiny, you can't really have an Irish donor. Um so yeah, most they were mostly Danish and there was a few Spanish, but yeah, Danish was kind of the majority of them. Right. So you would then go and select what you thought might be the, the right combination of genes as it were. And yes, and, and then yeah. you, and then you buy you buy the sperm. You do, yeah. You buy it in them. Um, it's a technical word for it. It's a straw. Right. So you buy then how many straws that you you would like. Um, and I decided I'd buy six. I was <laughs> a bit um, I'd say a bit naive, really. I was like, oh, two of them mightn't work, but I was hoping the rest would because I I would have loved four kids. Right. So yeah, most people buy one or two, like, but I I was a bit. Um, over the top and, and Tracy were they this is sounding very personal were they were they six from the same donor or were they from different donors they were yeah they were all from the same donor all from the same donor okay okay and, and do you mind me asking how much all that cost you um, it was just under six thousand right um, just for that much okay and then you buy your six straws that it were I take do they go into cold storage or what happens yeah, they go into the um, clinic then and uh, you pay then the clinic for it to keep them. So you have to pay an extra cost then. Um, you can pay for like a year first and then you can do it monthly then after that. Okay, okay. So you're you're trying now since what, 2020? Um, yeah. And how many straws have you got left? Uh, none of them. I've used them all, yeah. So I have four embryos at the moment that are frozen 
Oh. During my last shot then, yeah. Oh, so you actually did manage. There were four embryos have been conceived using your eggs and the donor sperm, correct? Yeah. In my first round of IVF, I got three embryos and and I transferred all of them, but they were unsuccessful. So I've got four now from this round. Okay. So they're the last goals. This is the last throw of the dice. And, And so when will... The next, so they're there waiting in the lab. So when when do, when do they get? What's the word they use? Implanted. Yeah. Um. So I've to start meds there now tomorrow. Um. It's just taking tablets first for a while, and then injections because it's a frozen transfer. It's a bit different. Um. But in about, it's normally in about three weeks ish. Okay. Um. Will be the time then we'll be ready to transfer. And after the, that three weeks, then. When your body is ready, um, how long will you know before you you're whether you're pregnant or not? Uh, it's two weeks then after the transfer. Okay, you um you're to take a test and. You nervous? Um yeah, it's weird. Like every time you you do another one, you're excited and then you're scared and then you're like, oh Jesus, it's not going to work. And, then you go back to being happy and oh my god it's going to work and then you go back to being no actually it's not and it's just ongoing the whole time like any little twinge or anything you have after the transfer you're like oh I wonder is that like a sign you're pregnant or is it a sign it's not working Mm -hmm. like your mind is just on overdrive all the time it's it's very emotional I'd say it is like over the next couple of weeks you're going to discover whether or not you can get pregnant with any one of these embryos and 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 if if not, Tracy, what then? I'll I'll go again. I'll keep Will going you? until all those embryos are gone. Yeah, and if none of the four of them have worked, then financially and mentally, I can't do it anymore. Right. That will be the end. Then, if none of these four work, okay. And are you okay with that possibility? You kind of have to be, I suppose. I kind of, yeah, I kind of do. Um, but I work in childcare and stuff, so yes. like I have lots of kids everywhere, and I have child mind as well. And so, um, I have them, and I have my niece, and my partner actually has three kids, so just kids everywhere. Except none of your own. Except in the right place, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it will obviously it'll be very tough if all four of them work out not to, not to be. Yeah. So it's two weeks from now. You do the implant, correct? Uh, yeah, about three weeks, I'd say. Normally right, on meds okay. for like so, 19, 20 By the days. end of November, you'd know. I should do, yeah. Yeah, end of November, start of December, could, I'd say. Could we talk again? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd no be interested in that. Do you know, it's great to hear that you have so much support around you, including from your partner. Yeah, yeah, I know, it was great. I'm such a... It was such a wait when I finally told them, like, I used to be hiding, you know, the injections in my room. Like, I had a mini fridge and I hid it in my room. So I put the injections in it and I'd be going playing soccer then or whatever. And I'd be hiding at the sideline or in the disgusting monkey toilets taking the meds because nobody knew. Why were you you hiding it, Tress? Well, I just didn't want anyone to be upset. So I thought I could just take all the pain myself. And then just tell them the good news. But uh, yeah, in the end, it got too much. <laughs> I couldn't pretend to be happy anymore. Yeah, so I had to tell them all. And to be fair, they were they were very supportive straight away. They knew it was always something I wanted to do. 
Um, but yeah, there, there was lots of tears shed that night. <laughs> Happy ones, worried yeah, ones. Do, do, do you feel, or did you feel better after you'd actually spoken to someone about it? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely did. Um, it was definitely a relief, you know. Um, I think it was the fact as well, you know, I don't want people every five minutes to be like, well, so what are you doing now? Has it worked yet? You know, like... <laughs> Hello, Tracy, you're pregnant yet. <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough going through that people constantly going, well, is it working yet? Like, so it's like, there's a lot of reasons for keeping it a secret as well. I can understand um, Obviously, that. I didn't think I'd keep this secret as long. <laughs> I thought I'd have happier news earlier. I know, I know. We'll, we'll, we'll be thinking about you over the next few weeks and, and sure we might talk again when you have some news. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully good. But hopefully yeah, good, Tracy. Uh, the very best of luck from all of us to you. Brilliant. Thanks a million, PJ. A message is coming in for Tracy and you can hear the nervousness in her voice as she heads into this last ditch effort as it were to to get pregnant solo um i have don't give up girl we did ivf in the uk because my wife had struggles with ivf but we have a beautiful baby girl now it will all work out in the end thanks for that i have four grown-up kids and she can have them if she wants them pj i'm robbed from them i don't know who that is but i feel your pain on the Jazz Weekend, the music, the band in Henshi's Sunday afternoon were the best band I've ever seen. The whole of the cross was rocking. Does anybody know who was there? There was loads of great bands around, actually. The band, the fabulous band in Barry's on Saturday night was down there playing a kind of a mix of rock and roll and jazz and disco and funk and everything. Fantastic. Um, see, my pal Sean Scott Baird was down there with them, um, doing a great job as always. But, but yeah, brilliant, brilliant music around for the weekend. But who was in Henshies on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, they're prone to find out who it was. Um, someone else contacting us here. Many other grades. This is the housekeepers at the emergency unit in CUH. Many other grades have got a pay increase here in CUH. But we're in the housekeeping grade. We've been left out. We're the people who reach out to elderly and infirm people when they're at their most distressed. I never say no if they need assistance. We worked so hard during COVID, which was all about keeping the infections down. We're having a meeting Thursday in CUH about this. We hope the public will support us as we support them and their loved ones. Thank you for that. And there are still hundreds of people, hundreds of people. I know listening this morning, for example, who still haven't had this vanishing thousand euro that they told us about in January the 19th or 20th of January, they told us about it. There are still people working in various places who worked through the pandemic and still don't have that thousand euro. And this is the 1st of November. I mean, I know things move slowly in this country, but dear Lord, does it have to be that slowly? Coming up after 10, you might remember the story of Andrew Forlong or Nicola Forlong. She was murdered in Japan in 2012. Her story came up on primetime last week. Uh, the man who killed Nicola Furlong in Japan in 2012 is due to be released later this month. And as you can imagine, her parents are devastated by this news. I'll be talking to her dad after 10 this morning. The Takeover. On Cork's 96FM. Weeknights from 7 on the Big Drive Home. We give you the chance to take charge of our tunes. Join me, Lorraine, as you decide what songs we fire up. I'm good, yeah, I'm feeling alright. Hold me closer. And it's, and it's 
What we play. See our song list on 96FM Insta Stories with Sophie's Rooftop Restaurant at the Dean Cork. Serving lunch daily over breathtaking views. See sophies.ie. Turn up the music. On Cork's 96FM. When thousands of people were out around town over the weekend, I'm just hoping against hope that they were all okay. And that if you were out, I did one night, two, two nights, two nights out. It'll be good fun. But the one thing I hope that happened was if everyone went out, that everyone was okay. Uh, I say that because, and they're Dublin figures, but I'm, I'm very sure that they're very similar in Cork. And indeed, there's a hub there now for people in Cork uh, to contact if they feel that they have been spiked. But in Dublin, they're saying that spiking incidents have nearly doubled. Um, I guess it's to do with more people going out post-pandemic. Maybe there's something else to it. Let's check in with one woman who will certainly know. I speak of Nolene Blackwell from the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre. She's their CEO there. Nolene, I would have thought that when we opened up fully after COVID, that unfortunately one of the fallout things would be spiking going up. Are there other factors? Good morning. Good morning to you. So, PJ, you're you're overestimating what I know in relation to this, because actually the statistics are very, very poor about spiking. Um, There isn't, uh, we have an awful lot of anecdotes. We run the National 24-Hour Helpline, and we do hear about people who lose consciousness suddenly, who become seriously unwell after um, taking a drink, um, you know, in a way that is not consistent with their normal drink pattern. So we hear about it. But actually, there's very little hard information about how much it happens. It probably has been going on for years and years. Mm. We have been hearing about it on and off. Um, People are now aware, maybe, that they have that, that if they leave their drink unattended on a night out, that somebody might interfere with it. And um, people are aware that, or people, you hear stories of people who ask for a single shot and they get something that's lethally poisoned with three or four times the amount that they, they want. But now the guards have issued these figures showing that so far this year, the numbers who are reporting that they're, uh, that that their drinks were spiked or that they were spiked Mm. uh, because some are reporting needle incidents as well has doubled this year over last year. But it's still... It still cannot be the right amount because last year in all it was about 40. Yeah. And this year it's about 80. And, you know, that is probably an underestimate of a practice that when you think about it, of all the things that I I can't understand in the work I do, I cannot understand how somebody would go out with um, a tablet or, uh, yeah, particularly something like a medication of some sort Mm. with a view to administering it to somebody else without their knowledge so that they they make them unconscious or unable to control their own actions. And 
And the only reasons that one hears about them doing that is to either rob them or to sexually assault them. Uh, and it is just a practice that it's, it's really, um, it says something awful about somebody's thinking. Uh, because this can often happen in groups, that somebody will know somebody else is doing this. And they might even think it's a funny thing to do or a joke. Whereas, in fact, what you're doing is you're poisoning somebody. Mm-hmm. You are administering a poison to them. And the, the consequences could be lethal uh, for that. Uh, and people can be very, very sick. Uh, people can be, um, uh, can be assaulted, can be robbed. Uh, but, you know, the consequences can just be really awful. And why you would do that in order to make a person unconscious or not able to consent to whatever you're going on is really just something we have to query uh, even more than where people get get their uh, get the drinks, get the medication. I would have described it, Nolene. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But I would describe it as predatory behaviour of the utmost kind. Well, it is. It is, and that is definitely uh, that is definitely something that you could say. It is a pre- It is a predator. It is. It is something that. For a lot of the time, certainly, maybe all the time, people know what they're doing when they do it. It's not an accident. It is pre-conceived. It is thought about. uh, And that does certainly put it into that category of predatory, harmful behaviour. It cannot have a better, it cannot have a good outcome. You know, it has to do harm to somebody else. Um, uh, But... Look, I mean, in some ways, I am encouraged by the fact that the guards are reporting bigger numbers and that they're saying to people, do come and report this. So, so, so there's a number of steps to be taken. But it is true to say that the guard, it's very hard, it's a very hard crime to investigate because very often the person who administers the drug is gone or mm-hmm. it's not clear how it happened. But, but if, if guards can get more reports about this as well, sometimes they can establish a pattern. They can find out that there's a particular venue, for instance, uh, where it might happen more, that it's where a particular group of people go, that it might happen more. And that might help them to investigate it. So they are and also it means they're taking it more seriously mm-hmm. because I know that a lot of people who would come to us, like if they contact us on the helpline, it's totally confidential. We won't take it any further. We don't report to the guards or anything like that. But if people want to report to the guards, we'll, we'll help them if that's what they want to mm-hmm. do. But it's good to hear that if someone now really is, is fairly satisfied that this is what happened, and, uh, and very often they, they, they're so sick they can't report it on the spot, but that they, they now know that the guards are collating this information and that they're inviting people to come. So the hope would be that all guards would understand that this is something that certainly certainly seems to be happening, that it's very hard to trace, that even for a hospital, if somebody is so sick they have to go to a hospital, it's hard for them to know because they don't know what the drug is. Mm -hmm. They don't know Mm -hmm. what is wrong with somebody. So all of these things are difficult. But but it is such 
harmful behaviour. That really the guards have to be involved in this as well uh, to to stop it and to really build up an understanding yeah. in, in anyone who might think it's fun. The, the guards, I suppose, Nolene, to be fair, c- can only investigate that which is reported to them. And I'm looking yes. at the numbers in front of me here and you and others, speaking of Mary Crilly here now in Cork, for example, I'm sure you know very well, I do. would say, well, for that 40 that got reported, there's probably five times as many that didn't. Yeah. And, 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 and that is the frightening part. Yeah, and that's why Sexual Violence Cork with Mary Quilly at its head has set up a hub, an online spiking hub, where people can literally report in their experience. And and I know that she's had hundreds of reports coming in already to just try and build up an understanding of the patterns of how this happens and then stop it happening, you know, rather than uh, trying to investigate this harmful behaviour afterwards, try and stop it. Try and work out, for instance, could uh, could clubs and pubs um, be more conscious of it? Would they recognise somebody who might uh, who might just have turned out to be all of a sudden really unwell? Do they know what to do in those cases? Mm. How do how do you contact medical services if people need it? Also to build up the understanding in people's own group of friends, so that people understand that this is something that they have to watch out for mm-hmm. with their friends, and that they have to uh, try and make sure that a person is safe is is minded and that the rest of us if we if if we're not in that particular group that the rest of us who are out on the night or the evening are conscious of it and careful mm-hmm. and that if somebody in a group for instance is spiking a drink by getting somebody a triple where they ask for a single or where they ask for a soft drink that they they call out that bad behaviour in the group and that they make sure the intended victim of it isn't actually harmed by, yeah. by drinking the stuff. Do you think, and I worked myself, um, Nolene, for many years in, in, in the nightclub scene here in Cork. Now it's, it's a while yeah. back, but I did. And we used to always try to have somewhere safe that you could bring someone if they were involved in, a, if they were attacked or anything like that. Yeah. Is it time for nightclubs in particular nightclubs now, to think of having a safe space, having a safe room where security can bring someone who's a bit under the weather or who looks a bit like they're not in control of themselves anymore. Is it time to have that? It is. It is. And that's why, in fact, that there is, uh, as part of the overall national plan to address sexual violence and domestic violence and that as part of it, it is looking at the nighttime scene and looking at how can that be safer for everyone, for the customers, for the staff, uh, for people going home and the rest of it. And part of it is around that. Uh, it's around perhaps a safe space in some places. Better trained security would be a lot of it, that people um, don't allow somebody who's not in control to go out onto the street and perhaps be assaulted out there by somebody um so so there's something around the uh, the the duty in the same yeah. way that pubs now um really are say not expected to serve drink to somebody who's obviously drunk but just to be aware that in those venues that as well as attracting in customers who want to dance and drink and enjoy themselves yeah. those people whom you called correctly predators can get in and and there must be 
there must be some awareness of that in the venues, you, in the clubs and pubs. Do you think that club management and security management in particular, would you go so far as to declare, Nolene, that you feel they have a duty of care to everybody under their roof? They, they do, but it's, it's, it, they, can, they can only do so much as well, but they certainly have a duty of care to people under their roof. And also, most, I think most clubs, <coughs> excuse me, most venues want to have a place that's reputable, where people can safely go and where they can enjoy themselves. So it's in their own interest as well mm-hmm. to do their level best to make sure that people who go into their their venues are are, are are safe, but the trouble with the spiking PJ is that it can it can be done very surreptitiously, mm-hmm. and it can be done you know quite quickly as well. It can be done in so, the crush for a cloakroom with this new kind of thing where you literally just pass someone and stick something into their knee or or their leg. It's like a a crush in a crowd. They think, what happened to me there? And the next thing, they've lost control of their senses and this great big hero is next to them and you know the rest. Yeah. So so there's there's where the danger is. Um, And it's going to... It's actually, first of all, I think one of the things that everybody has to do, including the venues, is recognise that this is a problem. Not you know, it's 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 going. To, it's not going to affect anyone. It's only going to affect a minority. But my God, the damage it can do that yes. to that minority is huge. So to believe that that this can happen, and that if somebody reports it, if somebody comes and says my friend has suddenly um, be, become really unwell, and the rest of it, to be able to deal with that in the same way if somebody said someone's had a heart attack that you'd know what to do next you know to, yeah, to, to get the medical services. Do you know we've got a change coming finally Nolene, we've got a change coming in the new year in opening hours across yes. the board. One element of that is that, now it's not going to be compulsory for it to happen but that clubs will be allowed to stay open until 6am from sometime in 2023. Like a big weekend, like the Jazz Weekend in Cork, you could see a lot open until 6am. Would you have concerns? I, I, don't, I don't think that that is going to um, really... Ask. Look, we know that um, uh, alcohol and other drugs taken do impact on the number of assaults. There are more assaults when people have drink taken when they when they are not as um, when they're not when they're not correctly aware of the need uh, for a consenting partner where somebody takes advantage of somebody who's had too much to drink uh, or or has taken other drugs either. So that's going to happen anyway. I don't think it's the opening hours. I think it's the mentality of people that 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 you would take if if this is the case the need ones it's it's hard to know where that is happening from that anyone would go out with a syringe with something in it it's a desperate behavior mm. but medication whatever it is um uh, it is it's a question of uh, people understanding you cannot have a sexual activity with somebody else unless they're consenting. They cannot consent if they're unconscious or so drunk that they don't know that they're consenting. That's what it's going to take. And whether that happens at midnight, that can happen at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. as well as at 2 o'clock, as well as at 4 o'clock. So I, I don't think it's the, in the day. hours. It can. And, and, and so I'm, I'm, you know, the, the opening hours, to my mind, <clears throat> so long, 
so long as there is security in places, so long, I think, with, that, with those new licensing hours, is going to come a requirement that people sign up to the safe night culture, which is going to be brought in. Mm-hmm. And that will be very important. That will be useful. Staff will have to be aware. They can't think it's none of their business. And they, and they will have to take account of the safety of people to be safe from sexual assault in their premises as far as possible. So, so that, that, it could actually even be useful for people. But it won't stop this. What will stop this is people saying, absolutely not on. It's not fun. It's, and, and, and you will be called out on it by your, by your family, by your parents, mm-hmm. by, you know, if you do this sort of harmful behaviour to any other you human being... You are a predator, being, is what you are. Yes. That's the way I would put it. If you, if you see someone doing that, put it to them. You are a predator. That's what you are. And, 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 then, and then to remember that some people still think it is fun. And how do we get that message through? You're doing it this morning. People are on midterm, you know, like older teenagers, young adults. There is, there is something where people... In in uh, in that group, older as well, I know, but in young adults, where they think that this is uh, something cool to do, and we really have to say it is not cool okay. to poison another person, and get that out first. Stop people doing it in the first place if we can at all. All right, Nolene, thank you very much. We'll leave it there. Nolene Blackwell, CEO of the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre, she referred to Mary Crilly's work at the Cork Sexual Violence Centre, and they have. A spiking hub. If you feel you've been spiked or want to find out more about spiking or anything like that, you can go to safegigs.ie forward slash spiking hub. The rape crisis has a national 24-hour helpline, which is 1-800-7788-8877-8888. We'll throw up Mary's number as well at the Cork Centre after the news. Here at Cork's 96 FM, we're celebrating our seven Imro Radio Awards. We won gold for Best Breakfast Show. Silver for Best Entertainment Presenter, Best Radio DJ, and Best News Story. Bronze for Music Station of the Year, Radio Moment of the Year, and Best Interactive Speech Program. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening from your Imro Award-winning station. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, just that national 24-hour help line for the Rape Crisis Centre is one 800 Locally, if you want to contact Mary Quilly's team at the Sexual Violence Centre, their number is 1-800-496-496. That's 1-800-496-496. Our number, 0818-969696. Text to WhatsApp is 083-396-9696. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. I was looking at some photographs this morning of a beautiful memorial, which is in County Wexford. The memorial is to Nicola Furlong. Now, the name will or should at least ring a bell with you. Nicola Furlong was a young student 
she was studying in Japan in 2012. She was 21 years of age and she and her friend were out for a night and they met a couple of musicians. One of them was a guy called Richard Hines and later that night he murdered Nicola Furlong. Uh, in Japan, in in a hotel room. Uh, he is due for release from prison this month. He's only 29. It was a spiking incident because they were loaded up with drink while they were out with, with these two guys. They innocently met, they met two Americans looking for directions and before you know it, poor Nikita is dead. Um, I cannot imagine what it must be like to get a call from the other side of the world, quite literally, to say that your beautiful daughter, who was out studying in a place like Tokyo, is dead, and that she's been she's been murdered. I don't know how I would ever handle that. Uh, I don't know how anyone ever does, and I certainly don't know how I'd hack it if I knew that the man who killed my lovely daughter would be walking the streets again later this month at the age of just 29 with his entire life still ahead of him. Uh, Andrew Furlong is is Nicola's dad. Andrew, uh, from one dad to another, first of all, my sincere condolences on your loss, even if it was 10 years ago, it probably still feels like yesterday. And I do not know how you're handling what's going to happen in a few weeks' time. Morning. Good morning to you, PJ. Um... Can you hear me all right? I can very well. How are you? Um, you're, you're, you're going back to, like, is it any different today than 10 years ago? Not a bit of difference. No. It's just the raw today as it was 10 years ago. When, when a knock came to my door at 10 to 8 in the morning, and as I got up and happened to see a squad, no, happened to see two people with high-vis jackets, standing outside and I said to myself what's this yes. so I went to get the keys and that meant in the kitchen so when I was walking back out through Nicholas room I seen the squad car yes. so I said to myself holy god I must I opened the door said hello invited him in thinking that, that it was a, it must be an unpaid fine or something that's how that's how much I wasn't expecting yeah. that it was, well, it was coming so, and I knew the guard, his name was Tony Connolly, and he came in, coming into the kitchen, he, two of us stopped, it was two guards, and he said, are you the father of Nicola Rose Furlong? And I says, oh Christ, don't tell me she's been in an accident. Yes. And he said, no, it's worse than that, he said, he said she's dead. So that was the start of it. And there's no easy way to sit you down and tell you that, is there, Andrew? No, I met him a couple of years afterwards, and he said it was the third most hardest thing he's ever had to do in his career of a guard. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the other two were, but by Jesus, excuse the language, but by God, for to come in to a fella that he knows yeah. and just said, no, it's worse than that, she's dead. How, how, what are your memories of, of hearing those words, Andrew? I, I <laughs> screamed, shouted, couldn't be. Um, I said, I, there must be some mistake. Somebody, somebody must have got her, her passport, thinking that it was 
you know, say somebody found her passport and somebody else was dead. But then I was wishing this death on somebody else's family. You know, but yeah. at the time, <clears throat> at the time you were picking straws. That hoping that somebody else was dead and it wasn't Nicola, but then you're, as I said, you're wishing somebody else's pain, and the pain that was only starting yes. that, that that morning. But we didn't know how she died; we just know she was dead. Yes, and then of and, course you inevitably found out what had happened. Yeah, well, this was a Thursday. Um, the following Saturday. The, the the embassy were were in contact with us. They couldn't give us any details at the time. And on the Saturday, then the told we got a phone call from Elliot out in the, the embassy, the Irish embassy, to tell us that she had been murdered. That she had been drugged. Well, they didn't so, know. So when your when your guard came to see you, your guard, a fellow that you knew, came to see you on the Thursday morning, he wasn't aware it was a murder, was he, Andrew? Oh, the, 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 it could have been. Put to him that it could be. I see. You know, but but they there was no the the Japanese kept it to themselves at that stage because they wanted they wanted to see where the girls <laughs> were out partying and were they there for a good time and were they probably into drugs. You know, all this they didn't know nothing about the two girls. They just knew that there were two. It'd be like I won't mention names, but a certain person that's after that got caught in Brazil, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and that they probably thought oh, oh, well, these could be these could be two more. You I know. have you, I have you there, I have you there. Yeah, they wanted um, to ask, be sure of the circumstances before yeah. they before they confirmed it was a murder yeah. investigation. I guess is what you're saying to me. Exactly. Yeah, and so, the, so that was the, another shock. Yeah. Um, so we we waited and waited and waited, and the Wednesday, uh, Saturday, they told us she, she had been murdered, and we didn't get her back then until the following Thursday. So there was a week already gone. But, you know, and then we buried her on on the Sunday. Yeah. And the, 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 the Japanese wanted me out there on a Monday. That's how they wanted these fellas, and they wanted to get a, a description of Nicola, of her life, and see what she was like, and see all this. But I told them, no, I wasn't going out on a Monday, that I was only be after burying Nicola, and... I wanted, I had another daughter, I had to stay with her because they were living with me sure. for the last 10 years. Yeah. And so we went out on a Thursday. Right. Well, even at that, <laughs> a simple thing that happened, I had found out that my passport was out and it was on the table the day the two guards came and one of the, Tony took the thing and sent it off to Dublin to be done straight away. You know, that's how things were, you know, sure. simple things like that. Because he knew and you'd have up, to go. Yeah, I went up to Dublin on a Wednesday to get the passport. No, on a Tuesday it was. And they told me that it's not ready, that I have to come back on a Wednesday. And I says, my daughter's just been murdered in Japan and you'll want me to come back tomorrow. I have to fly out on a Thursday. Yeah. So... I rang Tony the guard and he rang somebody up there and they had it for me within two hours. So how things work around when people are in there to help. How how do you keep yourself standing up, Andrew, in that couple of days? Uh, I don't know. I just... Yeah, uh, the, the pain today is the same as it was then. 
I could nearly cry on this phone now at the moment. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to be bringing. Oh, these you're not. It's up. Just, this is this is. This is every day, is it? This is every day. Really. And if if I I, I could say if my story telling people it helps any other young child out there, I talk for twenty four seven. I know. If I thought it helps anybody. But you, you, the insight you give me in that 30 seconds is phenomenal because you say it's not just talking to me today that's difficult. You have these moments every single day. Every single day. I know. I've, 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 been, I've been put, I know this makes no difference to you, but I've been put on depression tablets, sleeping tablets, all sorts of stuff. I went off from and I'm back on him again now, and that's ten years on. Well, you take you, you know you you need to take care of yourself in any way that you can, and that's what you're doing. So knowing now that and under Japanese law, and I'm reading from the Sunday World here, under Japanese law, the authorities have no option now because of the way he was charged. He was charged as a juvie. He was charged as a juvenile. Now we went no over option, but to release him now. Yeah, we went over, and the, for the, the I went over with a, with a, a friend the first day, and he was married to my sister. The first day that was, and that, and I found out things. I found out exactly what happened to Nicola that day or that week. Uh, so the second time we went over, it was a, a trial for, for them, but they put it down as just a, a simple yo. As in, I don't know what you call simple yoke, but they didn't. We didn't have to go, but we were going. End of story. Angela, Angela, Andrea, and myself. Yes. And through the whole, I I started writing. You know, the first time I just took out a pen and just started writing and writing and writing. And over there, we could take notes. And the judge, and the three jurors that were with her, were so fed up of your man, Hines his attitude that to turn around and says that he was to be tried. I have it written down in black and white. He was to be tried as an adult, not a minor. And all that because of his attitude, his this, that and the other. Oh, and so when we went back the third time for the, for the trial, it was suddenly he's to be tried as a, as a minor. Yeah. His, defen- his defence successfully argued that he be tried as a minor. Well, whatever yeah. happened, yeah. the day... We left. He, the day we left, the second time, he was to be tried as, a, as an adult because of his attitude and his this, that, and the other. He was asked three or four times if he wanted to change his story. He didn't. And the, I, the, the judge even laughed at him a few times. He had um, no remorse. He had no regrets. No remorse, no, never no. even apologised. No. I mean, he himself and his mate, yeah. Blackstone, yeah. Had, been, had been captured on CCTV mm. discussing what they were going to do to the girls. Yeah. But how, how the hotel allowed the girls to be brought up to the room, I'll never forget. Yeah, this is another account of it, that someone, yeah. they were brought into a hotel, yeah. virtually really unconscious, and someone actually went and got a couple of wheelchairs. Yeah, no, the, the wheelchairs were brought out of the taxi. Yeah. And instead of bringing them to a hospital, they brought them to the bedrooms. Nicola walk. That's what. That was. But but she 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 walk and fought. Yes. She had a, not walk and been, mal- malaise, raped, whatever. Whatever. 
in the morning when she did wake she probably would have topped herself and probably would never have been able to forgive herself she woke if she had a walk after the scene because there was another woman that came forward about the other fella that happened in a month previous yeah about the other lad Blackstone yes yes Yes. Another girl came forward and uh, about the same thing. She was out drinking with him, and he, she, she gave he gave him a, te- a tequila, and she it just was, went it, out. It was a spiking. It was spiking. a spiking yeah. incident. And we were only yeah. talking there before ten with Nolene from the from the rape crisis centre. This they were spiked, and, and were spiked, what yeah. subsequently happened afterwards. And I mean, oh God, I, I just do not know. You've got this beautiful memorial to her in in Wexford. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, and it's not just for her. It's, it, it started, there was two women here, uh, uh, Bernadette uh, 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 O'Leary and Lorraine Smith, and they, they done a candlelight vigil the, the, the day we came back from Japan the last time, and we didn't know anything about it, but just around uh, the town, and there was a massive crowd I had, and people started saying, why don't we do it every year? And they said, well, they thought about it, and they said, well, maybe if we got some sort of more memorial put up, because, you know, crowds die down after a year or two, you know. Yes. So they went about this memorial, and so they had, they had, they were five years trying to get the go-ahead, and they finally got the go-ahead from the council, and Kent's engineer built it, and the whole place was put in. And it's like I, like I, I wash it every week, and there's people. Well, we used to mow the lawns, but the council, well, somebody does the forest now. Yes, and it's kept spotless. And yes. it's and, you, and most, you say it's for anybody who's lost anybody. Yeah, Coon Angle is Angel Harbour is called Coon Angle is the name of it, and it was opened in 2018. I they got me to cut the ribbon on it. But it's been the amount of people. It was one of the most photographed things in Wexford for the last few years. Gorgeous! It's beautiful. I I don't know whether you. I sent on pictures. I got yeah. You were showing me the pictures. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, and it is is, and I've often gone over there any time in middle of the night just for solace. Yeah, I even wrote a song about it. I might make number one in the top of the pops. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I cannot. I have a daughter who's 25, and, and I, I would say, Andrew, she's one of my best friends in the whole world. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I do not know how you get through every day, pal. Oh, let's just say it was times I was lucky. Let's just say that. All right. Listen, I don't know how you feel about this fella getting out and... 20-something days, there's um, nothing you can do about it. Nothing we can do, as I said, it's their laws. It's, you know, I can't change it. We went over there, and when, when the thing was read out, I said, look, it's, 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 it's their country. He got to keep him in for the 10 years, not to him out after five. That was a bonus, because he wasn't seemingly the best of, uh, best of prisoners. So maybe they might keep him in a bit longer. But Cherie is going to get out. Like, I went to sue the hotel for this, but because of the laws out there, it's stunt law or some, there's some law that it just, that's, that's there. That's impossible. It, it, you know, I couldn't get, if I had him in, in Europe, uh, now it wouldn't have been soon for the money, I'd be soon to make a show at the hotel. I know. What I know. it's done. 
I know, I know, I know. That was one thing that no one can understand to this day why someone no. behind the counter but just got a, a wheelchair. Andrew, I, I wish you I wish you as well as you can be and that's about as much as I can say to you. Well, Paige, as you have a, a daughter of your own, make sure you look after them all as best you can and everyone the same. And this spike and this, uh, it, 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 it is happening. Well, as I, as I said to Nolene Blackwell there before 10, you know, th- we need to start calling this what it is. This is yes. the actions of a predator. Uh, yeah, of sick-minded people. Yeah. If, if you have to drug a, a woman to have a bit of play, to have something with them, there's something severely wrong with you. Yeah. Andrew, look after yourself, please. I hope I didn't come too hard on You're your great. Program. Listen, it's it's my conversation. I really, even though it's such a tragic thing, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I wish you well. And right. I, I, the first chance I get that I'm in County Wexford, I'll come and see that beautiful memorial well, for, for real. Everyone is welcome. Cheers, fella. Take care. She's there for everyone. All right, man. Take care. What a lovely man. What a lovely man. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner, best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Cork's 96FM. Oh, he's such a nice man. He's such a lovely man to talk to. I can't imagine what he must be going through. He's saying, like, it's not just because he's on the radio with me that he has these moments. He has these moments every single day. It's impossible to comprehend. Absolutely impossible. 0818 96 96 96. Nicola was spiked and before... Before 10, talking to Nolene from the Rape Crisis Centre about spiking and about the fact that they've got more reports of spiking this year than they've had previously. And that's a good thing, that more people are reporting it. Unfortunately, for everyone that's reported, there's probably a half a dozen that don't get reported. Mary, you wanted to raise with me the problem of reporting it. Morning. Hi, Hi, PJ. How are you? Good. What would you like to say? Yeah, look, I, the, the, I suppose the point I wanted to make was we had an incident with my son over the weekend and okay. it was a suspected spiking. We, we have no proof. Okay. But he was taken to the hospital and they ran blood tests, they did urine and I was told they would not be testing for drugs. And I asked specifically and she said, no, we don't test for drugs anymore. We haven't done it in years. So we, we, were, let, now, we were left then with not knowing whether he was spiked or not. Um, we, we met him, he was taken off a bus and put into an ambulance. And when we met him at the hospital, he was very disorientated and he wasn't drunk. No, he had been drinking, obviously, right. earlier on in the day with his friends. He was and just out celebrating the jazz weekend like many more people. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he, um, you know, I mean... He's young. We have seen him under the influence before. Yeah, without but mentioning anywhere, Mary, was he out late? And just don't mention anywhere in particular. Was he out late? Well, we, I suppose, yeah. It, well, it would have been maybe at around um, half one, two o'clock in the morning. Okay. And you got and what happened? Did you did you get an alert from the hospital or something? No, we we got a call from um, his girlfriend's mother okay. to say that the the bus had, uh, he was on a bus. The bus had pulled over, and that he was non-responsive in the bus. Oh dear. Um, and but I think the other problem as well. Some of the kids felt that. The guards didn't take it very seriously, but he was just treated like he was someone who was drunk. And it was the same when he went into the hospital. I did feel that, that it was kind of, look, he'll be fine, leave him sleep it off. Yes. And he feels himself that if he had been a girl, 
would he have been treated differently? So, impossible, to, impossible to say, but I think the point you wanted to make, Mary, was, which is a very good one, he believes he was spiked. You believe he was spiked. But there's no actual evidence of it without, no. a, without a test. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Of some kind. Absolutely nothing. And, you know, I mean, I, I asked twice in the hospital and they just said, no, they don't do it anymore. That um, it's, it's very, no, I presume they have to test for loads of different things, that it's very sure. expensive and they just don't do it anymore. He, but he probably has no idea who did this to him, but, but at least, you know, if he had a test to know what he'd been subjected to, he might have something to go on. Is that it? Well, I mean, the thing about it is, look, he's fine, thank God. Good. But you, you, you can't prosecute anyone or you can't take it any further you know so I, I don't know who, where all these reports are coming from or who's getting all the reports because if they're not testing in the hospital for drugs how is it going any further that's like how do you take it to court how, you know yeah well i think and to be fair that's kind of what Mo- nolene blackwell was saying that for everyone yeah. that you can go and make a prosecution or even a gather report on there's dozens that you can't. It's a bit like a sexual assault or a rape, Mary. Yes, yes, so many yeah. of them never see the inside of a guard station, let alone a courtroom. That's it, yeah. Do you know? Look, I, I just think it's, it's important for people to know that, you know, if, if it is a case where you end up in the hospital, that they're not going to test. Yeah. There's no tests done. There's no tests. Well, in your, in your case, anyway, there was no tests done on the person who, who you spoke to or said that we don't do them anymore, which I guess is a bit a bit disturbing. But look, I'm glad he's okay, at least. Yeah, he is, thank God. And Good. look, you know... Um, Would you be nervous about him going out again? Would he be nervous about going out again? Well, you see, I suppose that's the dilemma then. you he, He's very young. It was his first time out in quite a while at a disco because of COVID. Sure. And I don't want to make too much of a big deal of it to him either because I don't want him being nervous. I mean, he's, you know, he's entitled to It's a fair point. Whatever. It's a fair point, so, but it... You know, it, look, we have spoken, but I think our main thing was, you know, when we went into the hospital, we asked for a urine sample. There was no rush on anything. He was just treated like he was just another drunk kid. Yeah. And we asked for a urine sample... 
it took the urine sample, but, you know, the nurse said, oh, we won't be dipping that for drugs. I, well, I asked her, would yeah. they? And she said, no, we don't. That's, that's an unfortunate situation when you have suspicions like that. You'd wish that they did, as you say, themselves, yourself, dip it or, or do blood talks or whatever, just because if you... Know. Mary, thank you, and I'm glad he's okay. Um, yeah. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six, and that's the point, isn't it? Come back to what Nolene Blackwell was saying, that the guards are reporting that they had. This is Dublin now. They had forty reports in Dublin so far this year. You can probably take it that there's been a hell of a lot more than forty, but you've nothing to report uh, other than a suspicion. Now Mary hasn't mentioned what, where, where her son was because we don't. We can't associate anywhere with this. But you want to say my son was in XYZ venue and he got spiked. How do you even begin to prove that? Mary, thanks. 0818 96 96 96. I read a sad update over the weekend. Uh, a lovely place. A man who's been on my show several times over the years. Uh, ingrained in the business community. Of, of y'all and uh, sadly Luigi you've had to close the doors of La Bella Roma for a while good morning hi good morning to you how are you very good very good rough dis- a tough decision to have to make uh, yeah like uh, I had to do some quick thinking actually because you know I, I I couldn't just take a chance you know what I mean the way things are the the, 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 the sheer amount of money people are paying on bills would have uh, drained my resources pretty quickly. You know, like it's uh, it's gone from 18 cents per unit to, to, to 48, which is roughly two and a half times. So basically all of us right now, uh, when it comes to businesses, are, are basically paying more than double, yes. you know, like, um, and, and look, I started... Uh, pondering this idea around July um, and and you know like I, I, I had to make a, this is how, how I run my trade I always make a two three years business projection where I want to be what I want to do what's coming what's you know mm. um, what what's what I have to do to keep my business healthy and projecting the amount of money that I was going to spend and the man the money I know I normally make. I've been y'all for uh, since 2006. So this is my Bellaroma was my fourth operation. Now basically I'm downsizing to reduce business costs and everything in order to still be in trade. In order for y'all not to have uh, another business uh, closed in the main street. You know, I just want to try and keep keep it alive because I want to give back something to the community, the same community that supported me for the last 15, 16 years, you know. So you're going to keep uh, an operation of some kind going, Luigi, are you? Yeah, I'm going to downsize to a daily uh, short, you know, like uh, I won't be opening as a restaurant with restaurant opening times, you know, the lack of 10 in the morning until 11 in the evening, 10 in the evening. It will be more like a 12 to 8, maybe a 12 to to 9. We're going to close two days a week. I will only have one staff because when it comes to PRSI and everything, that's another cost that, you know, adds up. I'm talking about 1,500 euros. When it comes to me, I'm talking about 1,500 euros every three months for for a single employee, you know, Um, without counting 
counting this electricity thing when it comes to my business i calculated between seven and ten thousand euro extra if i stayed there in electricity and honestly the money i make every winter is the same you know if i look at my excel sheets and the graphs of the years the 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 the, the, the takings are consistent so i know what kind of money i'm gonna make but yeah. when i calculate what kind of money i'm gonna spend in gas and electricity it's not going to work, yeah. you know, like uh, with the new place, I have halved, uh, let's say, my rent. I have the, the number of equipment, so I don't have 10 fridges. I'm going to have five fridges. You know, I'm not going to have three, four people working for me. I'm just going to have one person, which gives me a bit of um, confidence in saying, OK, I can do this. I can go through this kind of year or two that because we seriously don't know what's going to happen with the war with this energy crisis how long europe will take to uh, counteract and balance this you know because i doubt we're going to go back buying gas from russia ever again you know after this i think the the new thing is we need to become sustainable we need to become uh, you know like a a nation where we can't rely on other people because now we learn the lesson look what happened you're right we're relying relying so much on Russia for for, although we we only take a small percentage of our gas from from Russia but you're right Europe as a whole relying so much on Russia unfortunately all of these is in in, it's so sickly intertwined that um, even what's happening with the inflation and the economy like um, you know like uh, whatever is happening in America now like uh, everything it's, it's, it's the dollar it's like God knows what's going to happen this winter. And if anything happens in the States, it's a fact. Yeah. And this happened in the past with the, what was it, Elman Brothers. Like, Europe would be affected. There'd be a tidal yeah. wave. When their economy, when this bubble that everybody keeps talking about will burst, we're going we're gonna to feel it. You know, there was... Yeah, because you, you're someone, like you said, who does your, protect, your, your projections two or three years down the road. And you know what? You've never been outrageous in regards prices your prices have always been reasonable your food has been excellent but and you're projecting my, and the but yeah. people your customers also your customers don't have the disposable income that they had i can't charge uh, my pizza my margarita has been 950 yeah. for five years yeah now if you go in court you don't pay less or even let's say last year we were paying a margarita 12 13 euros i can't charge uh, my people in your 12 euro for a pizza, a basic standard. I can't. I know that I'm going to lose out myself. So I'd rather lose a bit of money and still have people coming in supporting me because they can, you know, like even this move I'm making, it will allow me to, to charge, let's say, 7 euro for a bowl of pasta instead of 12 because I, my costs will be down. Now, that said, Everything is so expensive. My flour went up by 10 euro per bag. I'm not kidding you. 10, 10 euro, euro per bag, bag, Luigi. Oh, yeah. yeah. Flour, flour, is, is, uh, flour is becoming the new gold. Whoever has grains around the world right now is ruling the market because from 23, let's say, for 25 kilos to 36, for somebody like me, it's a lot. We're talking about, uh, let's say, those maybe 100 euros extra a month. We're talking about 
1,200 euros extra a year. So take 1,200 uh, for the flour, take maybe 1,000 for the mozzarella, and then put 10,000 extra for electricity. All these adds up when on my side, I can't just tell people, you know what, I'm going to charge you 350 for a coffee. Never. I can't. Yeah. I can't charge three. I mean, no. many people moved that way. Yeah. You know, you, no, it's you, funny that you should mention the flour, and that's why I picked up on it there, Luigi, because I was only reading it over the weekend about this thing now with the safe corridor and Odessa and all that general region where huge quantities of flour come out of there. It's going to get yeah. worse, like. But look, it's. Um, you see, the, the, this is not Ukraine only. This is the, We just came out of COVID with this hope. Everybody yes. was waiting to get this cookie and be like, all done in there, all done in there, all done in there, because in a couple of years, everything will start to go back to normal. We, we never told guys. It's going to take two, three years before the, the chain supply is reestablished, because that's a fact, too. You know, after COVID... To reestablish this, this what's so-called chain supply chain, where the network of communication and distribution goes back to what is something normal, yeah. you know, where where we can, where I, let's say I want to order a window, I wanted to order a window, and the guy says, "Sure, good luck with it." He says it takes me three months to get to get material. You know what I mean? This is how bad it is. So. It's like people want to buy, but there is nothing to buy because, you know, either either cars haven't been made, either, uh, you know, like produce is not there or it takes ages or it is at outrageous prices because everything that travels on wheels in a container it's going to be more expensive. This, this, I know people that told me that their containers doubled in um you know, like when you want to ship something yes. in a container, yes. the, 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 the price is basically doubled. So whatever goes in that container will be up in price. And being, we live in an island, and unfortunately, and not, not everything, you know, our industry, the dairy industry, and, and a lot of other things are okay, but there is so much that is being brought in yes, that, that uh, it's it's uh, is in the supermarkets. Uh, even in Italy, I was in Italy two months ago, and I'm telling you, even in Italian supermarkets, where I'm always so happy to go shopping because prices are so different. Mm-hmm. I started to see prices like uh, almost a year. You know, where where goods are not that cheap anymore. It, yes. for, for one reason or another, um, not only businesses would be affected. What I'm afraid is. Because a business uh, somehow, to a certain extent, has some disposable income, you know? Yeah. Either money that you save in the bank, you're in the bank, you say, look, can I have a loan? You you can do things in order to stabilize your, uh, your, uh, your uh, you know, you know your um, assets. When, let's say, an average normal people, you know, where, uh, where, what do you earn normally a week? 350, 400, 450. You know, these people need to pay their rent, their bills, but when everything in the supermarket starts to cost way more right. than what you used to pay, so you, you start to see the sugar is more expensive, bread, eggs, butter, you, you, I think it will affect uh, um, our society, you know, yeah. like not, not, not everybody is on 50, 70k a, a year no, in, in no. this country. You, 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 you paint a picture, Luigi, that is unfortunately dark, 
but real, realistic. And, and, and I thank you for that because, you know, you get accused from time to time, in this job anyway, of being very negative. But here you are running a business involved in the, in, in the... You're, you're, you're calling it as it is, Luigi, which I think yeah, is brilliant. You need to be... I, I, I'm not negative, actually, to no, be no, honest. No, I wasn't saying that to you. I'm saying you're calling it right like now. it is, mate. Yeah, yeah, because you have to. You can't be thinking, especially nowadays, if you are a business, even at home, just start to turn off all those lights, reduce all your costs, because this is going to be a tough winter. This, this, if you if, don't drive, try. I went to court the other day. I didn't go with the car. I said, I'm going to go on the bus, because if I have to spend 10 euros for the petrol, for the car, then I have to add parking. And spend, uh, I said, I'd rather jump on the bus, get, go over there with the bus. Don't, you know what I mean? I do. Because, and that's what I think everybody should do. Now, I think not enough information has been given. You know what I mean? It's like, I understand why. You can't frighten people, to be honest. You can't just tell them, hey, guys, be careful, because there's, you know, like uh, I was saying earlier, we filled the tank at home, the oil tank, last year for almost 600 euros. We used half of it. So for the sake of it, we said, let's fill it in September before the winter comes, just in case. Yeah. We paid half tank five seventy. Yeah. So last year full for six hundred, this year half five seventy. And honestly, it's only two of us, two and the baby. If you think about a big family, you know, four, three, four, five people, yeah. when they might have to fill it several times, maybe a couple of times this winter. Mm-hmm. Where is where 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 people are gonna get this money? You know, yeah, yes. the government is saying, here we go. I give you two hundred euros <laughs> in your new in, in your electricity bill, or we're gonna give some extra money for uh, you know whoever is on the welfare. Yeah, but it, uh, it, it's, it helps, but it'll barely take the edge off for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, it it helps, uh, but um, I think we we should be what what these should teach us is that we need to be aware of the fact that every resource we use is not endless. Yes. We need to treasure everything from food. No, don't waste food. Oh, don't buy excessive food. Don't waste energy. Don't run at the tap hot water for, you know, for nothing. Don't keep lights on. Instead of having a 15 minutes shower, have maybe a 5 minute yeah. shower. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. This is this, it's like um, when, when the house like is warm a, enough, put the heat, turn the heating off again. Yeah, yeah. We had half a tank last year because every time we were cold, we were like, you know what? I'm gonna put an extra jumper, and instead of putting the heating on at four in the afternoon, we're gonna put it at six. You know, we try to cope somehow in order to to save yeah. uh, some money ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we need to get out of this mentality where uh, the life we live is gonna be like this forever because yeah. these resor- these resources will will end. There, there, there is. There is a website now, I don't know how trustworthy it is or not, but it gives you a live uh, chart of what's happening in the world, how much electricity has been used, how many people are born, how many people are dead. So this website is saying that we have petrol as such for for another 50 years. And in my opinion, that's shocking because we have, I don't think we have enough time to readjust the yeah. way 
his word works. You it's, know? It's, it's bleak, and unfortunately for the moment, at least, Luigi, it's going to get worse before it gets better, and this is going to be a very bleak and hard winter and spring for a lot of people, including for your good self. I'm going to leave it there for now. Maybe we'll chat again. When it comes round again, and you can reopen La Bella Roma to the glory that it used to have. Hopefully that day will come. Lovely to speak with you. I'll put you back, put back onto you there, lads. For no reason other than time, I'm going to leave it at that one with Luigi, but uh, sad news. Beautiful place. He's going to keep it open on a kind of a deli-type basis, kind of a small-time basis, just himself and one staff member. But look at what he points out, though. Ten euro extra per, per bag of flour. Now, in Italian restaurants, you're going to use an awful lot of flour. Ten euros per bag of flour. But the point he's making is a very good one. This is going to get a lot worse before it gets any better, if it gets better at all. But you don't want to be depressing people on the 1st of November, but there's a thing you might think, is there a line to be drawn between telling people how it is and how it's going to be or do we bury our heads in the sand and go, nah, nah, lads, we'll be fine. Tell us the one about the tennies again. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael with a look at Cork's entertainment. Ollie Moores returns to Cork to play live at the Marquee as he tours the release of Marry Me, his first new studio album in over four years. He comes to Side on Friday, June 9th with very special guests True Tides with tickets on sale this Thursday. Access all areas. Kilkenny Arts Festival and Rough Magic presents Solar Bones, Mike McCormick's multi-award winning novel brought to life by Stanley Townsend in a performance directed by Lynn Parker. It runs from Wednesday this week until Friday at the Everyman Theatre with tickets on sale now. Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events or gigs by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. On the phone, what do you do with the pumpkins now that Halloween is over? Uh, now, if you want to do something like make soup out of them or whatever you want to do with the seeds, that, that's fine. But if you have nothing to do with your pumpkins... And no, I've never had pumpkin soup. I, I don't know what it tastes like. I know I like pumpkin seeds... When you dry them and roast them, and I like that, but anyway, don't throw them out, is what people are saying. They were saying about dumping them into the woods for the wildlife, which might sound like a nice idea, although a lot of wildlife don't like pumpkins. Hedgehogs will eat them, they eat the seeds, but they're not good for them. So don't just dump the pumpkins over the ditch and think, well, that'll rot away now and be fine and biodegradable and sustainable and all that palaver. Don't. What you probably do with the pumpkin is cut it up and put it into the food bin. And that's the best you can. Uh, thanks for that, whoever called us. Also, I was watching that. I saw that actually on the telly at the weekend. The the Brazilian election, uh, the result to which is irrelevant to this point, but I didn't know, says this caller, how many Brazilians there were in Ireland until I saw them voting for their president. RTE covered this at the weekend in quite a lot of detail, I thought. They queued up, there was a polling station at Croke Park and there was big crowds going up there to vote. You have to vote, you see. You you have no choice but to vote if you're a Brazilian citizen. And even overseas, you vote in your presidential election. Fair, fair juice to them for voting, says this call. But the coverage... 
on RTE was a bit over the top. They won't even cover what's happening in Cork. They were interested in Brazil, fair enough, but they don't seem to be too interested in us. Thank you. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696 96 Text or WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan On Cork's 96FM Yeah, you're right. 54 sleeps to Christmas. 53 days. 54 sleeps to Christmas. And I was doing me a little bit of calculation this morning. 39 opinion lines left to Christmas, including today. It'll be upon us before we know it. The clocks are going for The clocks went back at the weekend, and we all know how I feel about that. I have no problem with them going back just as long as they go forward again in March. I, I have no difficulty with that. Uh, but the shortest day of the year, December 21st, is 49 days away. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the clocks will go forward again, by the way, in 144 days. I have this wonderful app on my phone. I set all these things that mean a lot to me. So they tell me when, when it's going to happen. They, but there was a little bit of light this morning. Just as I was getting into the car about 10 or 5 to 7, there was a tiny, tiny bit of light after the clocks went back at the weekend. Now, that light will soon disappear and be gone. And, and the next time we'll see light before seven, light of any kind, will be mid to late February. And I live for that day. I absolutely live for it. 0818-969696, the number. The text to WhatsApp is 083-396-9696. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Today, of course, is All Souls, the Feast of All Souls, the 1st of November, when people remember those who are gone before and it's called All Hallows Day in many parts of the world, which was the origin of the name Halloween. All Hallows Eve was the the basis of it originally, or the Felinasauna, Iahauna, uh, as we used to call it in Ireland long ago. And we used to dip for apples and swing them in the doorway. And you'd really break your teeth trying to bite the apple. And you'd dip your head in a bucket and try and get the 50 pence out of the apple and all those things. And some of those traditions are, are long gone, have been replaced, I think, very much by trick or treating. The American kind of trick or treating. And I was talking about that on Twitter yesterday morning. I can't abide it. But I would have thought, Con Prout and Martin, that you're you're old enough to know better now, but you were both trick or treating last night. Con, good morning. Good morning, there, PJ. Yes. What, what what age are you, fella? Well, uh, I'm uh, sixty-five. 60, sixty-four. Sorry, I'm nearly forgetting myself. You're now. I'm actually sixty-four and three quarters. <laughs> and Martin, what is you? Uh, just two weeks ago, I'm sixty. Six. Two weeks ago, lads, PJ. are you not old enough to know better? Well, oh, you but this is great fun. We, we, we probably are, but we're still kids at heart. And, and, yeah. and see, we started years ago, and there's, it's, it's just such good fun. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. when we arrive at a doorstep, and we, we'd be kneeling down, and we'd pretend we, we'd be kids, and then we'd, <laughs> and then we'd stand up. But the hardest part now is standing up. That's it, yeah. <laughs> we're getting we're older. Young, the, old knees, the old knees aren't what they were like. Oh, that's no, it, we're, that's we're young at heart, PJ. We're young at heart, and we enjoy it. We enjoy it. <laughs> well, the best thing you see, Con, you make sure that your costume includes some kind of a shtick that you can push yourself up with. Oh, but what do we do? It's, it's kind of more of a, an axe. It's, it's kind of like a prop as well, you know. 
I know. So it, you have a you just love the whole Halloween thing, Con. Why? Oh, oh we do. It, it's just it's, years ago, we, you actually wouldn't get into a pub if you were dressed up, and now they probably wouldn't let you in unless you were dressed up on Halloween. That's true. So we, we kind of um, myself and John. John is another friend of mine, and he, we were the first to get into it. We're doing it nearly forty-three, forty-four years. Right. Right. But uh, last night was last night nearly took the biscuit because first of all John and Martin went out first on their own and I was here in my house because the, the, we get about two hundred kids calling because we have uh, a lot of fright we have two hundred children to frighten <laughs> and so we have my wife she be a witch and then I have the children and then the neighbours come over and they pretend see we have a few we, caught, we have a few uh, dummies lying around. And the neighbours put in there to be dummies too, and they'd frighten them as well. So they they get a good fright here. Yeah. I see, I see. And like Martin, is the same with you? A kind of a lifelong love of Halloween. Yeah, and I, I kind of joined later after with myself and another friend, Ducky. We joined John and Con, and you know I I love every year going over them and and John and. They, they're always good crack and we enjoy it and I, I even know what the constellations are they're about my two nieces oh, uh, Katie and Chloe Dimsey and you should see Con's face the back of his garden the whole set up for the Halloween and all the neighbours were there young kids and he's a zip wire with a ghost all is unreal brilliant to see it haven't it, hasn't it become very Americanized, though lads with pumpkin lights and all that kind of, just, just yeah, but, but it's but yeah. it, it is great fun. It was like it's better than years ago now when John and myself started. It was throwing eggs and more devilment and annoying people yeah. that, that, that it is now. Now it's more fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. The, the, the kids coming around, they're just so happy and yeah. the mm. parents are so happy. Even the parents are, the parents now usually are dressed up with something as well, you know? Because yeah. mm. myself and John, I went down to carry two last night with a friend down there and we went to the houses and even a wet night, do not believe the crowds, all the kids were going around and and every door, they turned what the way closed door because there's another gang coming. So the kids, <laughs> and and they, they, they had the door open, they had the, all the sweets and stuff was class to see it. It was brilliant, PJ, and fairness now, great. It's great to see the, the tradition is still going on and on and, and, to, and people's houses are done up now to this class. The whole yeah, thing but, but, but like Martin was saying there, they get the treat, but I don't eat any of those treats. I only eat, eat witches on Halloween night. <laughs> and, and, and you know nice. what kind of witches I eat? Sandwiches. Sandwiches. I heard the, the old ones are best, Con. The old ones oh, they are, are Oh, yes, they are. They're the best. All right. Danny LaRue was selling that one, for God's sake. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you remember him as well? You must be nearly as old as I am. Not quite, but go on. Yeah. But, but last um, night we were going to bring her out. We were bringing her own water pistols, you know? But yeah. what a pure waste of time. We were soaked anyway ourselves. Yeah. And we could just shake our hands at the people that we called them. But it, they were wet around them, so there's no point in even using That was supposed to be our special surprise last night. Yeah. yeah. And, but, um, and, then, and I was out later with John. I was met out. See, John, John done the whole thing. He, he, he they start about six o'clock. But I have the children coming here and I have to wait till they go and they won't go till about, they won't be finished here till about nine. Yeah. You, you, you as a pirate, do you, Martin? I do, a pirate. And um, I get all the gear from, in fairness to John, uh, he's, he's boot, the back of his boot, all full of stuff, costume, and you couldn't pick up what you want. And I, so I had a pirate. And then he, he had make, then he has a glass mirror in the back of it, and he puts out and he, he check off all our painting and face painting. He has all the gear, John. He's the main man. He's the main, and kind of the main tool. <laughs> yeah, but, but I and don't have way. to dress up much at all. I've got that kind of a face, you know. Yes, Con was frightening you from a distance, but that's the way he the band. He's the main man too. But we, we, oh, PJ, we call up to Shandon as well on the way home from Kelly Tool. The dragon. 
Yeah, unbelievable the parade and just about about quarter eight the whole every bone dry and they got a beautiful night for it and it was a very great display there on fairness to them as well. In fairness the night did clean up it did clean because it was manky during the day. I mean it was biblical yeah. rain like it was awful. You must have been dreading that. Would you have would you have gone out in that con? Oh, oh we would have. It wouldn't make any yeah. difference to us. But I thought last night the kids wouldn't be out in it. Because at the very yeah. start it was still pouring rain and I said it's going to be a washout. I said, there'll be nobody here. I said, we'll have, we'll have loads of sweets here for ourselves for the, for the next two or three years. <laughs> but it made no difference. They came out in it. It was pouring down on top of them and they were still happy out with their bags. Yeah, yeah. And some people actually came around with pillowcases to fill up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. But it was grand with the pillowcase because the bag won't break. You know, they were, they were the snap kids. Yeah, yeah. I have a bag of sweets now, PJ, and I, I have enough now for the whole week as well, so I'm stacking stacked up as well. <laughs> stacking up, stacking up for stocking the Christmas. Stacking up, yeah. And we're, 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 we're hard in there, we don't mind, we're used to the rain, PJ, and we want you to go out and enjoy it, that's the main thing. Yeah, the way yeah I, I, I'm a bit so. of a, I must say, lads, I'm a bit of a Halloween Grinch in that I put up yesterday morning that I can't abide it, and I go in and I want to go to bed for the three hours, but I can see why you have a laugh out of it. Oh, oh yeah, uh, my uh, my my godchild had had a birthday party in the Glen on Saturday night. And would you believe it? A fancy dress. I, I left concert and, and that evening and straight up to the Glen after, and all the young crows, all the people, they all dressed up. And I was just saying, in that in the in the great to see it, to, to come up with some ideas. All these things, people dress up and to start there is to that. see it. There is and that. the Glen. And you know that witches and ghouls and goblins and wizards and ghosts and all those kind of things, they're great. They're they're all fine. Skulls and crossbones. Do superheroes like Superman and Bat, do they have any part to play on Halloween night? Not really, because what we do, it's done with nothing, you know what I mean? It might be an old sheet and just put put a few spots of red paint on it, or it might be... And even that that the kids now are... Using their own stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, imagination. Yeah. Yeah, and see, you don't see if you're buying the Superman stuff, it costs money, and nowadays it's it's tough going, you know. That's right. Yeah. So, so making up is usually just as good, and a little bit of face paint. Because yeah, you'd want to be totally blacked out now with a mask, you know? There was some fabulous yeah. face paint. Actually, we had one of the painters on last week. On I mean, face painting has gone to an art form now at this stage. There must have been hours. Some of the kids... Now, my road was quiet last night. There's not a lot lot of kids on my road. They're, they're further down. But, like, okay. some of the face painting was, was Oh, was it was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think they, they were great fun. They'd come in and they'd start telling me jokes and... The people that were telling me jokes then could visit the lollipop tree because I have a lollipop tree growing <laughs> Tell here. Tell me more I, about this lollipop tree. Oh, I got it from the Queen back in 1985. I was over, I was over to visit the Queen in 1985. I think it was a Thursday. Right. And, and, and she gave me an old slip of the tree. And it'll only grow inside in a maze, so it's not, no, there's no good people taking slips off it because unless they have a maze for it to grow in. Right. And then the kids come over and they pick their lollipops off it and things like you're, that. You're spinning oh. me a story, aren't you? Oh, no, no, that's true. That's true. It grows away. It grows away The Queen gave you a slip off her lollipop tree. Oh, yeah, back in 1985. It was a I remember it. But how did you end up... Okay, go on. And then I planted it back here, and the, the lollipop in, in your maze, out. in your maze, yeah, in the maze. It's planted in the maze, yeah. and the kids come over and in, and they and picked they, a few lollipops and things. They, off, they, they, they were all, they were all, you know, the other evening, and they got the lollipops. Saw, didn't you I saw, I saw, and my two, my two nieces, Katie, told all oh, those. You should see their face because they were trying to find it. I thought it was a bucket, a bucket of lollipops. Were and next thing up in the tree, you see all the lollipops stuck on the tree. It was very well done by Kanye. They loved it. <laughs> 
Oh, det er glue. Yes. Det var det stykke, no? Det var det glue der. I did see this picture on Instagram over the weekend of a person who went out and bought, or they took down the artificial Christmas tree out of the, out of the the loft and put purple. Halloween lights on it and yeah. skulls and com- oh, pumpkins for a yeah. Halloween tree. We, yeah. we never thought of that, no. no. Oh, God, there's no, an idea. No. <laughs> but if, any, if anyone is ever, they should go to Cross Valley at the concert any time they ever, ever see it, uh, next Halloween, or they should call it until class to see it back out. Oh, so it'll, be still up, it'll still be running for a week anyway, what's going on. Yeah, for, for, for like, I, I still let that run for a week just, just for the, the children to enjoy. So you, do, you do skeletons in the, in the garden and everything, do you? Oh, well, there's skeletons, yeah. there's a flying ghost, there's headstones, there's a Kind of um, what do you call it? One of the skeletons, and he was this big knife, and he had kind of a turkey by the head, and he said, "Are you ready for turkey for Halloween?" You know. That's right. And my yeah. son then he made he, he does the kind of zoo. He makes the different animals in the zoo, and there's a gorilla there. Oh. And if you look at him, <sighs> it's like looking in the mirror. You know, there's even a sign, and, and there's a crocodile. Says that he's pleased to eat you, and you yeah. you see the bits of legs and hands that were left that he didn't eat. You know. Yeah. So, no, and there's a few more things like that there. Yeah, you know? lads. You know, I have to. Well, it's funny. I was I was out the other day. I was out in Toker, and I was walking up towards place where my car was parked and they had this it looked now like the skeleton was halfway up out of the ground I thought it was brilliant whatever way they had yeah, it done very good. it was fantastic Sorry. I mean oh. so you have to say some of it is good like you know yeah yeah. and sometimes sure. when the neighbours be passing I'd be asking them would they come over and give me a hand and they'd say oh I'm delighted and I said yes I wanted something really scary I said yeah <laughs> well when you <laughs> and then they walk on then again yeah, when you, are you alright now, Colin? Someone, some neighbour dies and leaves you, yeah. leaves you in his and, will, donates and, his bones to your and, cause. And just, oh, just, by the, just by the gate in PG, he's a coffin and all, would you believe it? And, and, and now he's coming over, but he's the whole thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. There's a coffin coming over coffin. the gate. It's halfway over the gate, and there's yes. two skeletons in front of it carrying it, and two behind it. It's like as if they've, they sailed through the gate with the coffin. Yeah. And then you have and the sound home. of the man inside in the coffin, and he's shouting. Banging. Let me, out. Let, me out. Let me out! Let me out! Let me out! Let me out! Do you know what? Do you know What's what on? it is? Yeah. I'm the Halloween Grinch, but I'm getting a great laugh out of the two of you. I have to say. Oh, it's great! It's great, and you know, it's great being with now. It's great being with people that are like-minded. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to be. You have to be. In, and uh, we had all the people before. They were saying, "What are you on about? Will you ever yeah. grow up?" And sort of. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know so what? There, there's a yeah. saying. There's a saying that I go by a lot, and that is this: Con. And Martin, you know, getting older is mandatory. All right. Growing up is a choice. <laughs> Choose well. Yeah. That's true, that's true. Isn't that a nice one? Growing up. I bought my two nieces after this wedding to Cox City that Saturday evening and just go around and all people there for the jet and just to see us all, myself and, and my two nieces dressed up and all high fi and laugh. And that's what it's all about. A bit of that's fun. Matt was still dressed up going to the jazz because he couldn't take yeah. off the face paint. He used the wrong face paint. <laughs> no, no. You see, yeah, I, I got the wrong. I couldn't wash it out. So I, still, I left it on. I was giving I had the. What they call the party with the birthday party and for some so I left it on for the whole lot. So I'm sorry to get to brilliant. <laughs> I'd say as you're only gearing up already for next year. Uh, do, are, do, do you are. go equally mad about Christmas, by the way? No, we don't. Uh, because he, not as much. it seems to cost a lot and the Halloween yeah. stuff is all made. It's yeah. all made. It's all made out of bits of buckets yeah. and bits of cloths and bits of so, things, eh? Yeah. Where, where's the Christmas will cost? So There's so. a point to be made there. There's a point to be made all right, I'm looking forward already to next year. That's Con Prout and Martin, um, who have been trick or treating for over forty years, old enough to know better, but young enough at heart to keep doing it. Thanks, lads. Uh, I am the Halloween Grinch, and might even 
might even have, have, have I don't know. Oh eight one eight. Have they won me around? I don't know. I don't know. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Oh, hold on, lads. You there? Did you? What's this about the fancy dress contest that they didn't give you the prize? Oh, <laughs> well, I won't mention the pub, but we were we were. It was another friend of ours as well. He was in um. Yeah. He was in a wheelchair, and we went in. Yeah. Uh, it was a father Ted fest. Right. Father Ted. So we went in as the father Ted fest. We went in, and of course the. Um, we, we we were too much in character, if you know. We were yeah. doing the sex this, you know, the Father Jack part, you know. Yeah. And all this, so they 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 asked us to leave. I see. <laughs> but we were the well, only we, we never dressed up for the Father Test. Yeah, we won the dancing competition. Our PJ. Oh yeah, he won the dance with Dan Collins. We never got a prize. But he won. He won the before we left. He won the dancing pre competition. Yeah, we won. So that was good. Right. There was what's this about the Clarny races? You've been doing mayhem other oh, than... Oh, that's only the, the fancy hats. They, 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 they have the fancy hats down there and we put on the, the hats and we go to the races. No, it's usually for the kids' thing, but we, we put them on anyway, you know? Yeah. And we enter the competition and then the, the, the judges would be coming around and we'd be saying to them, now we spent about three weeks on this now and our mommies and our daddies helped us. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and so. they say, the name of God for the ages of your mommy and your daddies. <laughs> exactly. And, and we'd be so genuine but, yeah, and they'd be but, looking I mean, when, at when, when Martin and Hull is the apprentice, like Martin and you, <laughs> you're the relative newcomer compared to the two lads, John yeah, and Carl. Right, right, yeah. I, I, I remember years ago, PJ, going back years ago, the old, when you were the old ER, I used to go to the, would you believe the, old, the road shows and... Yeah, John Blake and you, bro, and and the crack that time. And I, was, I was only young for that time, so still. Now you're showing your age now. <laughs> well, stop. Yeah, that's going back a bit now. The old white cross. Oh, we were pre just last time. It was over cheese. Oh, that looks that? actually. That poor old place looks like a haunted house itself yeah, these days. Yeah, like a haunted. Yeah, but we'll. But, uh, but the next thing we have to visit your dog your way, PJ, and we get a big crowd down to see you. We show you. We'll go figure three foot down your way where you live, but we get a crowd down there. I, I, oh, <laughs> I lose sleep worrying about Lads, listen, that, that, great laugh. John, Con and Martin, and there's a gang of them there. we doing it for God knows how long. Katie Duggan, Ducky Duggan as well is involved. All right, okay. All right, that's fun. That's fun. And if they turned up at my door, I'd probably get a great kick out of it. Thanks, lads. 0818969696. Bernie says, to me, it's just a card holiday. On a more serious note, it's a terrifying time, people living on their own or people living with anxiety, which is the point. And today is not All Souls Day, it's All Saints. Yeah, correct, actually. You're correct. I, I stand corrected. Uh, All Souls Day is November 1st. All Saints Day is November 2nd. Thank you. Yeah, the Feast of the Holy Souls was the first... And all hallows. Well, yes, you're right. You're, thanks. <laughs> you see. Well, I, look, I get things wrong now and again. I got that wrong and I got something wrong in 1992 and I made a mistake in 1996. So, you know, thanks. <laughs> On Brazil, Carlos says, I totally agree. They have an obsession with the Brazil elections. What's the big deal with RT in the Brazil elections? They don't cover even major European countries like that. I think it's because of the compulsory nature of it, caller. You, if you are a Brazilian citizen, no matter where you live in the world, I, I do believe that you have to, you have to vote in your uh, general election. On the pumpkins, here in the United States, we have farmers who collect them for their pigs. 
So if you know anybody with pigs and you have a load of pumpkins, the pigs will happily eat the pumpkins. 0818 96 96 96. The Takeover. On Cork's 96 FM. Weeknights from 7 on the Big Drive Home. We give you the chance to take charge of our tunes. Join me, Lorraine, as you decide what songs we fire off. What we play. See our song list on 96FM Insta Stories with Sophie's Rooftop Restaurant at the Dean Cork. Serving lunch daily over breathtaking views. See sophies.ie. On Cork's 96FM. Carlos says, I used to have bags in the porch for random people that would come. That These three girls came 13 or 14 years of age. They were lovely. They had shopping bags with them. I put something into each of the bags. Then they were going away. They picked up the other two bags that they had. They were full to the brim to the wet night. We didn't have that many callers. It was a terrible wet night. Right, Sharon. Now, the, the, I was. I actually passed the mad shop on North Main Street on Friday. I was in for a bit of breakfast on Friday morning. Um, I had a breakfast in, in, in Tony's and I was just laughing as I passed the mad shop because they had great stuff in there. Sharon, what happened? Morning. Good morning, PJ. What happened to you? I was in there on Saturday and I got a few bits. I spent about 75 euro. Now, it wasn't until I got home I realised that I didn't have the bag with me. So I left the bag in the shop after paying for the stuff with the receipt and everything inside in the bag. I was ringing them all day Sunday, but they didn't answer because I'd say they were just up to 90 because it was so busy on Saturday when I was in there. So I called in yesterday and I was talking to the owner of the shop. Oh, my God, he was such a lovely man. I mean, I went in there with nothing. I didn't even have a receipt. And he just took my word for it. And he said, look, go around the shop, go upstairs and downstairs, wherever you need to go, pick up exactly what you bought on Saturday. And that's it. He said, you can have it for free. I didn't even have a receipt, PJ. I had nothing I had no proof. I could have been making up the whole thing. Oh and he goodness. just took my word for it. Yeah, and he said, just go around the shop, pick up exactly what you picked up on Saturday. And you can have it for free. That's how, it. How lovely was that? Yeah, unbelievable. Now, I was after a very stressful few days earlier in the week because my daughter had an accident and we had to bring her into the hospital and she had to get six stitches in her middle finger on her right hand. She's okay now, but she went through an awful time and we were up in the hospital till midnight on Wednesday night and I had to bring her back up Thursday morning as well. So I think I was just exhausted when I was in there on Saturday. Now I paid for the stuff, but I'm... 100% 100% sure I left the bag in the shop oh, we've all just done after it, Sharon. I paid. We've all done yeah. it, We've all walked away from a bag and, you know... And, yeah. 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 Well, but what a nice thing. So, I mean, like, you could have been anybody. Yeah. That was so I lovely. I could have. That was so yeah. lovely. So lovely. Now, they're nice and people. And he couldn't have been nicer. Oh, my God. Well, a few and years ago, we had a story. And his son as well. And he was lovely as well. And he helped me. Yeah. 
They, they, they couldn't bear to see your Halloween run. We had a lovely story with them a few years ago, Sharon. There was a little lad. I'm not surprised. They're lovely. Little they? lad wrote to Santa. And I always remember this. Okay. And, and his mammy rang us here because she was wondering how Santa would make it work. Um, little boy wrote to Santa. And he was a little boy with, with, with special needs. And, and all he wanted was the giant. All he wanted for Christmas was the giant, the green giant outside the mad shop. Oh, outside the shop. Okay. That's, all, he, that's yeah. all he'd written to Santa. And she came on air here with me. I don't know who she is. I could forgotten long ago who she is. Didn't they make it happen? Oh, my God. They loaned it. They loaned the, the giant to Santa yeah. so that Santa could make that little boy's Christmas by loaning it to That's him. That's unbelievable. So they're brilliant people. They're brilliant Oh, people. they are. You could see that straight away. And I said it to him. I said, oh my God, like I can't believe you're leaving me pick everything up again with not even a receipt for free. And he said, I knew by you. He said, I know honesty when I see it. See? And I know you were honest, you know? That's brilliant. And I mean... I was thinking if that was any other shop in town, they'd probably laugh at me. I had no proof, nothing, you know, and I was just blown away and overwhelmed by the, you know, he was so nice and just Does, pick up whatever you want. Doesn't that make your day when you realise, when you think about that there's so many angry people in the world at the moment, that that exactly. guy just made your day like that. It was so and he nice. didn't doubt me for a second and he was so accommodating and the security guard outside the shop couldn't have been nicer, and the staff upstairs, and his son works upstairs. He was lovely. I Fantastic. was just blown away, you know, and my daughter was with me, and she was delighted because she was so upset when I came home on Saturday without the bag because there was loads of stuff for her that I had picked up, you know, and she'd been through hell a few days before that, so it just made her day as well Fantastic. as it made my day as well, yeah. Fantastic. Sharon, lovely call and, and, and thank you for making it to 0818969696. Yeah, they're great people in that shop. Um, that Remember that story a few years ago? It was the mom who rang me here because the little boy, all he wanted was the big, big, big green giant from outside the mad shop for Christmas and he was a little boy with special needs and she was wondering how would Santa organise that? And they made it happen so that Santa could organise that that little boy woke up on Christmas morning and there was the Jolly Green Giant from outside the Mad Shop. That's how fantastic they are. 0818 96 96 96. There was a story that, that broke the, the week before last, but there's a lot of fallout from it since. I'm talking about this amalgamation of two schools on the north side of the city, which a lot of people seem to have been caught out by or surprised by or shocked by go back to it next PJ Coogan on the opinion line silver winner silver winner best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022 Corks 96 FM yes this is the story of the amalgamation between St. Vincent's and the North Prez which we one was given to understand that they've been talking about this for, for nearly a year uh, and it will be going ahead, but it will be co-educational and a lot of people are not not at all pleased about it and it has come as a surprise to many people that it will be co-educational. 
Now, Ava Hayes is head girl at St. Vincent's School. Ava, good morning. Morning. Tell me about this. Did you know this was going... Did you know that the two schools were coming together for a start? Um, so, they were talking about it for like, like a year and a half ago. And we were told a year and a half ago, like if anything was to happen, it would happen in like five to ten years. Right. You know, it would just take a while for everything to fall into place. And then um, last week, we got a talk off the principal and just said, look, school is closing in September. Like, you're the last graduating class of St. Vincent's and we're moving up to North Prez. And we were all just like, where where did this come from? Right. And a lot of the younger students were the same as well because they were fully convinced they'd at least be finished secondary school before anything was to happen. And... It was just very, very blindsided on our behalf. Like, we had no idea. And did you know about the co-ed side of things? No. Like, they were talking about it for, like, about a year and a half ago, there was talks about our school, North Prez, and North Mon coming together. But it was just a proposal. They wanted to get people's opinions on it. And, um, you know, we made it very clear of our opinion on it. We just wanted to stay in our little school like, we have a lovely community and stuff, and I don't know, it just seems very, like, we just, everyone just got ignored, basically. Sure. And you're, you're, you're anxious to say, Ava, you, you've nothing against the other school, you just want to stay in your school. Yeah, exactly. We've nothing against any other school, or not press for that matter. It's just our school, we just have such a lovely community, and, like, a really good relationship with the teachers, and just knowing that that's all gone, that's what the students are really heartbroken over. I see. And do you, you know, look, it's going to it's going to happen now, and you kind of have to deal with that. But the co-ed thing—why is that a, a, a problem, or is it a problem? Maybe talk that up. I mean, it's very fifty-fifty with the students. Like, obviously, there's there's not a problem with the co-ed side of things. It's just, you know, we have such a, a safe community with all girls in school. Yes it would be a big change. Like, a lot of the girls... Like, I went to a mixed primary school, so, you know, I'd, I'd be okay, but a lot of the girls were in St. Vincent's primary school. They've literally only known girls' school. Yes, yes. So it's, it's a big change for everyone, and a lot of people can't seem to grasp it, really. Yeah. I guess I, I guess if you've boys who've been in an all-boys school, it's kind of the same for them. Yeah. 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 So... You're are you going to are you going to be graduating next next summer? Yeah, it's my last year. So this won't will this this won't affect you, Ava, will it as such? No, not really, but my younger sister is, is in third year, so it would affect her, which means it would affect me because obviously I care a lot about her education do. and stuff. Of course so you do. And how do your parents feel about it? The same way we all feel, really. Like my sister so happy in St. Vincent's she just found her friend group and everything and knowing that all that's going to get uprooted they're heartbroken for her really because she has to start over Yeah, frightened about the change I think you don't know what, what it holds ahead you kind of wonder and it, look, you, like you said you, you were told that nothing was going to happen for a long time and you kind of got on with things now it's happening next September you won't be affected but your sister will do you think yeah. there's a lot of people unhappy about this? Oh, 100%. 100%. We have uh, protests going on and stuff in the next couple of weeks. Like, there's one on Saturday just outside school um, and then another one the following Wednesday after school. Right. So there's, we are trying to make 
make a difference and you know make, try and make them reconsider because just knowing that our teachers won't even be with us like with my sister or anything it's very hard but the sisters well, the, sorry the, the teachers will they not be moving do you know no we were told that a lot of them would have to reapply and stuff I see so not all of them would be coming it just depends really. any number of worries what age is your sister uh, 15. 15. You've got a lot going on in your life at 15. You've got a lot of change happening in your life. And you're kind yeah. of thinking, with having to move school when you're happy is, is just another change that you don't necessarily want to have. Yeah, exactly. It's the same as well for the girls in our Lair Hub, which is our um, ASD yes. autism hub. It's, yes. I've heard great things about that them. place, actually. Yeah, it's so, so nice up there. Yeah. And a lot of the girls, when the news broke last week, a lot of them wouldn't even come into school because they're just knowing that the school wouldn't be there next year. Very overwhelming it's for them. Very, very overwhelming. It's heartbreaking yeah. to see. Ava, listen, great call. Thank you very much for talking to me. We'll we'll follow this one. Ava Hayes is head girl at St Vincent's School. And this story is developing St Vincent's and North Pres to merge and open as one school in September of 2023. But the more we hear day to day, the more people are upset about it. And we were told, did I not talk to Tony Fitzgerald about this nearly two weeks ago now? And Tony was telling me that there were ongoing discussions. Now, Tony himself was a bit unhappy about certain elements of this, I think, including the co-ed side of things. But we were given to understand, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and someone will call me out on it. We were given to understand that there was a lot of talking being done and discussions going on. What were they talking about if people are surprised by so much that is happening? Thanks, Ava. We'll talk again, girl. Um, now, Jim, traffic. Good morning. How are you, PJ? Good man. Where am I? I'm all right. Traffic was chaos at the weekend. Absolute mayhem. It was, yeah. And, and look, I suppose, unfortunately, I fell forward of going back down home to Middleton yesterday. Afternoon, we, we went through the tunnel and suddenly there was a sign of... Um, um, junction 2 on the N25 that there was an accident and of course we came to our Junction 2 and there was nothing Right And if, if I had the, the, the sense to go left I'd up over the bridge by Little Island and down the back road I'd been got down but I kept going saying and the accident is over and uh, next week I got down further and as you got down towards we say across some ground town here we were in the ticket traffic and it was absolutely mayhem PJ to be honest Yeah so, as I said to you, such a way to go. All you could do was sit in the car, sit behind whoever was in front of you, and stay in front of whoever was behind you. Uh, do you think? And, do you think traffic is getting? There was a piece in the in the paper at the weekend, Jim, sorry? which said there was a, there was a piece in the newspaper at the weekend where it said you're not imagining it. Traffic is getting worse. It is, isn't it? It is. It is, PJ. It is unfortunately, and I'd say around that particular area of the city of the county, as we would call it. Until until the, the the walks are finished, it is going to get particularly worse. Especially, I th- I think it's very heavy coming. We say from we said the Mahan Pine side for the tunnel. That mm. that can be very very slow. Yeah. Good luck. There's nothing we can do in it. Go no. on and just bear no. with it. Well, I mean, I'm going I'm going out this evening. I go out beyond Mallow um, quite regularly, and I leave yeah. Douglas. And instead of taking what might take 45 minutes, I'll give myself a good hour and a half. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yes, as I just said, as well as I said, my wife and she had an appointment in town this morning for quarter to ten, and I said, we're going a bit early. 
and it's gone traffic in the course of the bit early, and we flew up the road onto it. It was very little traffic out, but look, these things happen, Peter. I know. All right, Jim, thanks very much. Bye. Traffic is getting very bad. Yeah, I'm going to Mallow this evening, well, beyond Mallow this evening, and I'm going from Douglas, and my normal route would be to go through the tunnel over up Silver Springs, up the north side there, and out the, out the road to Mallow, and I'll probably leave. I'm supposed to be there for eight o'clock. I'd say half six uh, would be the latest I can leave to be sure of being there. I'm looking at this, Sarah Gray. So, you, let me get this. You are married. Yes, I'm, oh, I'm married two years. But you're planning a wedding. In ten days. Okay, you better tell me this from the start. Morning. Good morning, morning, PJ. Yeah, so um, four dresses, four venues later, I'm finally having the wedding celebration. So, I take it COVID had a role to play here. Yes, yes. I was actually online on 96FM about two years ago and I gave away my first wedding dress. So we're supposed to get married in May and then COVID hit in March. Right. So that was the first venue out. And then we tried again in October that year and tried two different venues because of the size and restrictions. And then they were out. And we lived our life and then... One year, one anniversary, my husband said, you know what, let's have a celebration. So he gave me an inch and I took a mile and I went and finally booked (laughs) the big wedding um, in Adair Manor in 10 days. Oh, so fucking God. Right. Now, you met in 2017, yeah? Yes. Yeah. On Tinder. On Tinder. That's where we all meet these days, PJ. (laughs) Okay. And then, were were you living in Venice? No, so we actually got engaged after a year, which is unusual as well. Right. Um, so we got engaged in Venice, and we were due to be married two years later, and COVID just wouldn't let that happen. Right. So you went away then, and he said, okay, let's do it. And you went and looked for, you You went to Adair Manor. Yeah, so I said, if I'm going to do it, I might as well go big and... Uh, go big or go home. Go big or go home. <laughs> because he told me after a couple of drinks, so I <laughs> I went online, I said, best hotel venues, Ireland, and that Saturday morning, uh, I was on the phone with Adair, and I said, do you have any date for next year? They said, we've one date, the 11th to the 11th, 22, which, you know, I love the numbers. Yes. And I was like, I'll take it. Oh, there's, a the serend- there's actually a serendipity in that. I, 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 yeah. I have a friend who has a great belief in the number 11, so much so if you're meeting her for coffee, all she'll ever say, I'll meet you at 11 minutes past two. I, I don't know <laughs> not why, right? So 11, 11, 22, so you took it. I took it. And what did you and, say? And, what did and I, had, say? I hadn't approved it, so <laughs> I took it. And then I said, oh, we're getting married next year. And he said, where? He talked Cork. And I said, um, Adair Manor. I, I took it. I took the last date. <laughs> and what did she say to that? Um, well, not me to say. We, I paid the deposit and we're getting married now in 10, in 10 days. What do all your friends think? Well, they all think I'm mad because they're like, you're already married. What, that's, what are we doing? We thought we were just going to have a, a little party, but I just think like we never had a day out, PJ. We never had celebration with friends and family. We never had the photo with nothing. Right. So, yeah, we're going to be getting married and... The only difference really is that the ceremony won't say, oh, let's start your chapter. They're going to say, we're here to celebrate. Yeah. You know, so there's a few changes. But other than that, we're doing the full thing from start to finish. Now, you had the hens and stags before COVID. Would you go, go on for another lash of that? 
No, we left that out because the cost, you know, like hens and stag is very expensive and I didn't want to do it again and like, God, hens and stags could be about a thousand per person. Yeah. I know. You know, they, they go up and up so I thought it's bad enough to make them come to the wedding so I said, no hen and stag and, mm. and the other difference is we got gifts already so some people are like, do I do a second gift? But yeah. it's no. If you gave us a gift two years ago, there's no gift in I 10 see. days. I see. And what about the dress? The dress. You yeah. gave the last one away. <laughs> the last one away. Eileen Reid had a number one with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, after the May wedding, because um, it's summer dress, so oh. I told them to get married in the winter. So I said, you know what, I'm going to give it away to a bride, because all the brides were, you know, down and gloomy over this, and I thought I might cheer a woman up. So I gave away the dress and four bridesmaid dresses. And uh, then I ordered two in October 2020. Um, and to see which one would come out quick because I was trying to organise them quick. And then I said, you know what, I need to start from scratch. So I still have those, um, but I order a fourth one then for, for this wedding. So four, four dresses, four venues, but same man, PJ, which is very important. Very, 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 <laughs> very important. Now, photographer, I mean, what about, have you been ringing and cancelling photographers and all these kind of things? Ah, here. Yeah, yeah. See, we're lucky the suppliers were so amenable so I tried to keep all the suppliers as much as possible and they all kept their prices which I thought was amazing Mm -hmm. you know the photographer didn't increase his price now the flowers yes Mm because the price of flowers has skyrocketed Mm -hmm. Uh, but all the suppliers stuck with us they honoured the deposits haven't increased their prices wherever they can and they're all just fine excited to do it because they're like Oh, here we go again, here we go again, here we go again. And now it's like, finally, we're doing it. So I'm excited. Most of them, I know them way more than I would have known them. (laughs) (laughs) They're all friends at this stage. Like, you'll be expecting mates rates. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm really excited to meet all the suppliers. And I think it's been hard for them because, especially when they got the deposits two years ago. Um, you know, it's kind of hard because they're got, not going to make as much money this year. So I'm excited to meet them all and, um, yeah, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. You you say this, um, Aaron gave you an inch and, and you ran. <laughs> yeah. But see, we had longer to save when you think about it, PJ. I mean, I had four years to save. Yeah. Instead of two years. And did you save? Yeah, I saved for the full four years for a bigger wedding. So... That's why we're, we're we're going big. <laughs> yeah, you know what? There's 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 a bang of Kardashian off all of this, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was four years of long saving, and, ah, yeah. and now we can. Now we and can you're going to have an absolute ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can't wait. The eleventh of the eleventh, which is what? What? That's Saturday week, is it? Friday week. Friday week. Yeah. 11, 11, 22. Yeah, I love. There's something love that they know what. And here's the thing: you can go back to him now if he's say, sure, surely. We were meant 11, 11, 22. And yeah. the only date available in a dear manner was 11, yeah. 11, 22. So yeah. there has to be something about that. There has to be. There has to be. So um, to be. we're very lucky. We can't wait to celebrate with our friends and family. All right. How many will go? How many are going? Well, we've won four, four. Ooh. Oh, so you have a gross. Yeah. <laughs> an old-fashioned gross. Good Lord. Yeah. All the numbers have fallen for you. They are, they are. And we haven't killed each other in the two years as well, which is great. Well, if so. you haven't killed each other with <laughs> all this... It's meant to be. It's 
Absolutely meant to be. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. meant to be. You can book the 25th wedding anniversary now in yeah. Drawling Castle or somewhere. And I'll start saving now for that as well. <laughs> Sarah, listen, lovely talking to you. And have a lovely day. You and Aaron, when it comes up on the 11th. Oh, my goodness. At a dear manner. Thanks for that. Good luck to everyone involved and have a great, great day. Nice one to finish up. Programme edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Have a good day. See you tomorrow just after nine. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Corks 96 FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.